going on, family? TGIF. Thank God it's Friday and happy Friday to you. It's your man GB Gerard Bonner and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. I hope your week has gone well. I hope that all is well in your world and you're ready for what's going to be a massive weekend in the world of pro wrestling. But to be honest, it's been a massive week. If we're completely honest, there's been something happening literally every day in the world of pro wrestling, starting from, of course, Monday night. Raw to NXT, AEW Dynamite, Impact last night. Then, of course, you've got the NWA happening. And this weekend is SummerSlam weekend along with Impact Emergence. There's a lot going on. So we're certainly here to help you keep up and keep track. Thank you so much for your continued support of all things connected to the faction. It is greatly appreciated. By the way, if you've missed any of our shows, it's super easy to connect with us. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. On Instagram, the cool thing you'll find is the link to our podcast in the bio, so you can check that out there. Or look for The Faction Show uh, or The Faction Bonnerfied, either space, and you'll be able to find us when you're looking for podcasts. But we've got a lot of great content, including yesterday, where we shared our thoughts on the future of NXT. So, by all means, if you haven't checked it out, check it out. And with that said... Let's dive into today's news. We want to start with AEW Dynamite. Huge show emanating from Houston, Texas this past Wednesday. And the numbers are in. Dynamite drew 975,000 viewers, which is down just 4,000 viewers from last week's show, where they came in at 979,000 viewers. Dynamite ranked number four in the top 150 shows on cable Wednesday night which is significant, and they had an amazing card. The AEW tag titles were on the line as the Young Bucks took on Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus in what I thought was a pretty amazing match. Sean Spears and Sammy Guevara got into it. Darby Allen and Sting battled 2.0 in a Texas Tornado match. And if you're not familiar with 2.0, or if they look familiar to you, they were in NXT as the team Ever-Rise. They were just recently released. And they found a home in AEW. There is a rumor floating around that they've actually been signed to AEW, which would explain why they've spent more time on Dynamite in a regular spot than they have on AEW Dark. So very interesting stuff there for sure. Plus, of course, the night was highlighted by the main event, which was MJF versus Chris Jericho, creating some amazing moments. As part of the stipulations, Jericho was not allowed to play his theme song, but instead the people sang his theme song a cappella. It made me think of something. Chris Jericho, if we're talking about really among the greatest of all time, he has to be mentioned in the conversation. And I know when people start talking about the Mount Rushmore professional wrestling, they like to mention Flair, they like to mention Hogan, they like to mention Austin, they like to mention Rock. Well, Jericho has to be in the conversation. Here's why. Number one, his career has spanned 30 years where he's been active for most of those years. Not only has he been active, but he's been at the top of the card for so many of those years. He has found a way 
to reinvent himself. And I would say his reinvention is perhaps even better than The Undertaker's reinvention. Or you could argue that the two are neck and neck, but I would say Jericho's is better because Jericho has had to come out to completely new personas, completely new music in multiple territories or brands. Undertaker reinvented himself in the WWE alone. But you're talking about Jericho being a longtime WWE guy, making the brave move to New Japan, and then doing things in a brand new promotion, AEW. The first AEW world champion, of course, the intercontinental champion over in New Japan, he did a ton of stuff. So you've got to shout out Chris Jericho. And when you look at this whole Judas situation, right? I have to admit, when you're talking about Break the Walls Down, which was a great theme song, the people weren't singing that like crazy. When you look at uh, perhaps some of his other theme songs, people weren't singing it like crazy. But when you can get people to sing your theme song, well, and you could make the argument that there aren't a lot of theme songs these days with actual lyrics to them. Like, for instance, you couldn't sing Stone Cold's theme song because he didn't have lyrics to it. Right. Uh, there were a couple of lyrics to The Rock's theme song, but nobody really was singing that. So Jericho is really in a class all by himself, and I think before this whole thing is over, we're going to have to really take another look at who the Mount Rushmore professional wrestling is, because Chris Jericho has to be on there, as does The Undertaker, which means we might have to potentially remove some of the people who are on there, which is another discussion for another day. Bottom line is Chris Jericho is fantastic and what he did in that match with MJF was really legendary and not just that but these entire five matches which were part of the five labors of Jericho we got to see Jericho in spaces that we didn't think he could be in you know whether it was that insane hardcore match with Nick Gage or of course uh, fighting Juventud Guerrera again which we hadn't seen that in ages just so much of this was really a special run. Now, what I happen to know, and most of you may know as well, is Jericho will be leaving the spotlight for a bit as he's getting ready to go on tour with his band Fozzie, and they'll actually be opening their tour, if my memory serves me correctly, right here in the Atlanta area in the same space that we do SHW. So there's that, right? But certainly some special times for Chris Jericho and what he has done for Dynamite, I think it can't be denied. And again, more reasons why Chris Jericho has to be considered among the top greatest wrestlers of all time, easily top 10. I think he has to be in the conversation about Mount Rushmore. With that said, the building of MJF right now is something very, very special. I think it's a matter of time before MJF becomes the AEW world champion. I, I really do. I don't know that he's the guy that takes the strap off of Kenny, but I think he'll take the strap off of whoever takes the strap off of Kenny Omega, if that makes sense. There's no question that MJF is uh, the biggest heel in the business right now. I think he's a bigger heel than Kenny Omega, and his work speaks for itself, and his career is just getting started pretty amazing to see so with all of that said AEW Dynamite was fantastic it is not a surprise that they have these consistently high ratings because they have an incredible show
And being back in front of fans is only enhancing and exacerbating that. And I'm excited for AEW. So congratulations to AEW Dynamite. That leads us into SummerSlam weekend. And before we get there, there's a quick story to tell about the NWA. As next weekend will be all about the NWA as they have two big pay-per-views happening in the historic St. Louis area where they'll have their first ever all-women's pay-per-view. It's called Empower. And then following that, they have a second pay-per-view as well. It's going to be a crazy weekend, but Billy Corgan has made another big move as the NWA has now acquired Mildred Burke's title belt. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Mildred Burke, she was one of the legends, one of the female legends in the world of pro wrestling, a longtime women's champion, also a member of the WWE Hall of Fame, and really set the standard for pro wrestling, uh, overcoming a ton of discrimination to become a genuine star for sure. She passed away in 1989, but Billy Corgan will have her belt on display for the lion's share of the Empower pay-per-view, which you'll be able to check out, of course, on Fight TV. Now then, as promised yesterday, we're going to get into some predictions for SummerSlam weekend. I want to start by saying this. This is a special time, I think, for WWE because I never thought we would say that SummerSlam will be bigger than WrestleMania, but I believe that. Yes, WrestleMania was over two nights, and yes, WrestleMania was really the first time WWE welcomed fans back uh, since the pandemic era began. However, SummerSlam has no boundaries relative to audience participation and audience amount. So where WrestleMania ran about 30 to 40% capacity, SummerSlam is running full board. So we know at least 55,000 people will be involved. There may be even more. It's going to happen on a Saturday night. Huge card beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. As a matter of fact, this card is so big, I don't know if this is going to be a three-hour show or a four-hour show. It's feeling like a four-hour show. Here's a look at what's on the card right now. There are six championship matches. Let's look at the matches that aren't championship matches, which makes a total of eight matches. Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal. Edge versus Seth Rollins, which... Both of those, I think, are, are relative marquee matches. And I say relative because Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal certainly has more potential to lift Jinder than it does Drew. And I'll just park right here and say this. I have not believed in Jinder Mahal since his WWE title run, and I was unsure about how much I believed in him then. I honestly believe Jinder Mahal needs a victory over Drew McIntyre to be taken seriously and to be viewed again as a championship contender. That has to happen. I don't know that it will. It has to happen. Drew has nothing to lose with a loss to Jinder Mahal. I think Drew McIntyre has established himself as a main eventer, whether we like it or not. Uh, I definitely think, like I said, this is going to assist Jinder more than it will Drew. And honestly, I hope Jinder wins because I think Jinder needs the win. 
Edge versus Seth Rollins is going to be a match for the ages. I think this one could actually steal the show, and that's going to be hard to do given some of the matches that are on here. This is a WrestleMania caliber card. I don't know if Edge walks away with the win here, but I think this is going to it's too close to call if you ask me. It's really too close to call, but it's going to be a great match. Now let's get to the championship matches. Sheamus against Damian Priest for the United States Championship. I think this is Damian Priest's opportunity to become the U.S. champion, and I think he will take advantage of that. I think Damian Priest becomes the new U.S. champion and goes on a pretty significant run as champion. Sheamus has been champion since WrestleMania, and it has not been a noteworthy title reign at all. He's had a couple of open challenges. He had a broken nose, you know, and again, it's not been memorable, but to be honest, none of Sheamus's title reigns have been memorable. So I think Damian Priest ends this experiment and uh, really starts to cement himself as a main event player as well. SmackDown tag titles, Jimmy and Jay Uso take on Ray and Dominic Mysterio. I think the Usos retain. I think this is going to be a great match, but again, Jimmy and Jay retain. I think this is an opportunity for Dominic Mysterio, the biggest opportunity of his career, the largest crowd he's ever performed in front of. I'm not sure if he's comfortable enough yet, but either way, this tag team of Ray and Dominic Mysterio is a nice tag team. It's, you know, all that type of thing. But I think at some point, and it could begin here at SummerSlam, Dominic Mysterio is going to turn on his father. Dominic is going to have to start standing on his own two feet and not continue to be seen in Ray's shadow. And I think that's coming sooner than later, which makes Dominic a heel, which I think will be good for his career, at least to start it. It's one thing Rey Mysterio never did, and I think his son has an opportunity to be an arrogant heel if they do this right. So Jimmy and Jey Uso retain. Nikki Ash, Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair for the Raw Women's title. The Nikki Ash experiment, and I call it an experiment because, you know, the idea of being almost a superhero versus just pulling the trigger and being a superhero, I think that's getting old quickly, very quickly. I don't want to see Charlotte in this title picture, but she is in the title picture. I hope Rhea Ripley walks away as the champion again. I like Rhea. I liked her as champ. I don't think she had the opportunity to have the best reign possible because it was, again, really dampered by Charlotte Flair the entire time. And she never got a clean win over Charlotte. So I think Rhea should walk away with the title. There are parts of me that feels like Nikki will retain the title. I think they're liking what they're doing with Nikki Ash. So, yeah, I'm going with Nikki on this one. The women's championship match for SmackDown, I think, is far more interesting. Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. It is the WrestleMania rematch. And I think this one is too close to call. I think we all felt comfortable that Bianca would walk out of WrestleMania as a SmackDown women's champion. I'm not sure if she will this time around. Though I will say this. I think we're starting to see the rise of Bianca Belair as a star. Another win over Sasha Banks would be huge. If Sasha wins this match, which she could this sets up another massive rematch which should happen either at survivor series or maybe take it all the way out to rumble or even wrestlemania this is one of those kinds of rivalries that they don't want to overuse they don't want to overdo this is going to be a great match i want to see bianca win although i'm not mad whoever wins this because i think this is not the end of this rivalry it will continue 
But I think the next match between them has to be at either Survivor Series or Royal Rumble or maybe even WrestleMania. Now then to the two championship matches, Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg. So the second I saw this announced, I got excited because I felt like Lashley is going to put Goldberg out to pasture. Now, there are a couple of things that are floating around in terms of behind the scenes rumors. One of them is that Goldberg only has two matches on his contract. What I'm not sure of is if those two matches include the match he had at the Royal Rumble earlier this year with Drew McIntyre that a lot of people have seemingly forgotten about. But that actually happened and Drew McIntyre retained the WWE Championship. So with that said, coupled with the role that Lashley is on, I'm predicting Lashley retaining the WWE Championship. Nobody's stronger right now than Bobby Lashley. Well, perhaps there is a certain head of the table. But on Raw, Lashley is the man. Goldberg winning the championship right now would not be a good look. Now, the only way I see Goldberg winning the championship, and hear me good, the only way I see Goldberg winning the championship is if shortly thereafter there is a cash-in from the one and only Big E. Now, you've got to know this. Well, in case you don't know, Big E is a massive fan of Goldberg, one of his favorite wrestlers of all time. And so a moment where Big E beats Goldberg for the WWE Championship, that would be game, set, match. And it'd be something we'd be talking about for a long time. Now, I don't know if it's too soon, for Big E to become the WWE champion. After all, Big E is a SmackDown guy. Big E on Raw would potentially reunite the New Day, which I'm not sure if they want to do. But I think that's the move. And that would be something out of left field that we'd be talking about for a long time. Personally, I think Lashley's going to retain. I don't think it's time for a cash in yet. I think we need to let these moments live on these massive stages. And I think that perhaps a cash in should come in from Big E a little down the road, maybe at Survivor Series, maybe at the Rumble, though I wouldn't be mad if it did happen here at SummerSlam. Last but not least on the SummerSlam card, Roman Reigns, John Cena. This is the biggest match of the year for WWE. And yes, well, let me say this. It is the biggest male match of the year in WWE. Nothing else WWE has done comes close to this. The promos have been on fire. The setup has been incredible. The execution of this has been perfect. And I think Roman Reigns and John Cena deliver a classic this Saturday. It's going to happen tomorrow. And I am predicting Roman Reigns retains. Roman is on a roll. He's at the one-year mark. He's about to become one of the most dominant champions. Well, he already is. I think the win over Cena right now is necessary. Now, some may look at history and say otherwise. If you remember, it was well over a year ago when John Cena had come back, challenged Roman Reigns. There was no championship on the line. It was just kind of who's the best, and Roman Reigns won that match. I don't know that this is the same Roman Reigns or the same John Cena, and there are many who think that they want Cena to have the 17th reign, and I'm sure he will, but this is also what they're calling the Summer of Cena, which means 
that could be ending sooner than later. So will SummerSlam be the last time we see Cena for a while? I'm certain of this, that it's going to be a big move. I think Roman's going to win the match. And let me just also say this. There is pressure. Well, maybe there's not pressure. Let's not say this. But I will say this. I do think WWE is in no way ignoring the CM Punk factor. I think everyone is prepared for CM Punk to make a huge debut tonight on AEW Rampage. There was a CM Punk reference made in that incredible promo between Roman and John Cena last week. So they're very aware, AEW's aware, everybody's aware. But let me just say this, I don't think that there's a need for WWE to try to compete with CM Punk's arrival in AEW for a simple reason. The big stars are already right now in WWE. They've got Roman and Cena. The world wants to see that. That does not have anything to do with CM Punk, and I don't think CM Punk at AEW Rampage potentially tonight will override that. I don't think that'll overshadow what's going to happen at SummerSlam this weekend or what's happening on SmackDown tonight, whatever that may be. So interesting stuff for sure. That's your look at the SummerSlam prediction. I'm out of time. I would do an NXT TakeOver, but maybe we'll do a live for the NXT TakeOver predictions, or maybe we'll give you a bonus episode on Saturday with our NXT predictions. I don't know, but one thing I want to know is what your picks are for tomorrow night's epic SummerSlam. Hit us up in the comments and let us know. I really wish my other guys were here so we could get that whole championship going, but they're doing some amazing things, and I'm excited for my good brothers. So, hit us up on the socials at the faction show on instagram facebook and twitter remember you can check out shw30 rumble jack which is available right now on iwtv and we'll see you next time of course stay connected to us on the socials we'll have all sorts of great information about all that's going on in the world of pro wrestling this weekend until next time family representing for my good brothers courtney beard brandon clack and the fourth horseman john murray my name is gb i'm gerard bonner and this is the faction.